The New Testament reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Do you grab a seat, guys? It's really good to be with you. Uh, It'd be helpful if you could have that passage from John open in front of you as well. So turn to John chapter 1. That's on page 886. When I finished university, uh, which was quite a surprising number of years ago now, uh, I did a work experience placement at the British Embassy in Santiago in Chile. And on my first day, I was in the kitchen, and uh, I couldn't find any tea bags anywhere. And I said to the person in there, I can't believe that in a British embassy, you can't make a good cup of tea. Later in the day, I was given a bit of a tour of the building, uh, and it wasn't until I walked into the ambassador's office with a bit of trepidation that I realized that the first thing that I'd done on arriving was to complain to the British ambassador to Chile that you couldn't make a cup of tea in the embassy. I'd had no idea who I was talking to. In our passage today, we get to see a few different people meeting Jesus, and they too have no idea who they are talking to. And their story makes my story seem like absolutely nothing. And when they get to know Jesus and realize who he is, everything changes. And it would do, because this man was unlike any other man. Uh, We're looking at chapter 1, verses 43 to 51, which was read earlier. Uh, But John starts his gospel at the beginning of chapter 1 by showing us the big picture of who Jesus is. Uh, John starts his account of Jesus' life uh, by telling us that Jesus was there right at the beginning of time. Uh, He created everything. Uh, He's the one who brings light and life. John is saying that the meaning of life uh, or the answer to all life's biggest questions It's not a philosophy or a way of thinking. Uh, It's a person. Uh, It's Jesus. So imagine imagine meeting Jesus face to face. Uh, Imagine what that must have been like. Uh, That's what we read about today. Uh, And we get to see how the great God of heaven doesn't stay at a distance, uh, but he comes near. So let's pray uh, before before we get stuck into the passage. Lord Jesus, uh, whether we already know you uh, or we're here today and we don't know you at all, please draw near to us this morning 
and give us a fresh glimpse of your greatness. Please speak to each one of us. Amen. So John starts his gospel by giving this big picture of who Jesus is. But he then goes straight into a week in the life of Jesus. You'll notice at the start of nearly every paragraph it says, so the next day and the next day. So we see Jesus through the week. We see everyday Jesus. Jesus interacting with different people. And so in verse 43, today we read the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And there he finds a man called Philip from Bethsaida. But before we look at that, let's uh, rewind a little bit to the passage beforehand. Uh, When Jesus meets another man from Bethsaida called Andrew. Andrew meets Jesus for the first time that day. He spends the day with Jesus. And at the end of the day, we read that Andrew has this incredible reaction to his day with Jesus. Uh, He goes and finds his brother and he says to him, verse 41, we have found the Messiah. Uh, Messiah is a Hebrew word, uh, meaning uh, the anointed one. And Christ is the equivalent word in Greek. Uh, And it was a word that summed up the expectation in the Old Testament uh, of the coming of an anointed one. And they were waiting for the Messiah, someone who would lead and teach and save God's people. Someone who would be a great king and savior uh, in the line of King David. Uh, This Messiah is the lamb foretold by the prophet Isaiah, uh, the righteous branch mentioned by Jeremiah, the true shepherd foreseen by Ezekiel, the messenger of the covenant promised by Malachi. Uh, The Old Testament constantly points us forwards to this Messiah. Uh, And Andrew says, this guy is him. But what did it really mean that they were waiting for the Messiah? Uh, It meant that they were pinning their hopes on this anointed one. I don't know how confident uh, you're feeling for the World Cup in November, uh, but imagine if an England fan said, Gareth Southgate, uh, the England manager, he's the Messiah, he's the one. Uh, What would they mean? They would mean that it's Gareth Southgate who's going to lead us to victory, he's going to lead us to winning the World Cup again, finally. Uh, And that's similar to God's people before Jesus. Uh, They were pinning their hopes on the Messiah, uh, not to win a football tournament, Uh, but for everything. And so do you see what an incredible thing it is for Andrew to spend a day with Jesus and then to say, he's the Messiah. We found him. We found the one we're waiting for. Uh, We found him. And it's not just Andrew. Uh, The next day, the same thing happens again. Uh, In verse 43, we read that Jesus goes to Galilee Uh, And he meets a guy called Philip. Philip uh, meets Jesus and afterwards uh, he goes straight on to find his friend Nathaniel. And Philip says, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Uh, The law and the prophets mean in the Old Testament. Uh, Do you get the excitement? Uh, Philip spends a, a short amount of time with Jesus and he says, this is the one, this is the Messiah. Can you imagine having that reaction after looking a man in the eyes and and speaking to him and spending the day with him and thinking, this is the Messiah. I mean, Jesus really must have been something special. Uh, But it's an outrageous claim, isn't it? Uh, And so it would be very easy to be skeptical uh, and to think, really? Really, is is he really all that? 
Now, we might think that today, uh, and we see that it, some, some folks had exactly the same reaction back then. Uh, Philip is blown away by Jesus of Nazareth, uh, but when he tells Nathaniel, uh, there's this slightly comical, uh, absolute downer, really, of a response uh, from Nathaniel, isn't there? Nathaniel says, Nazareth, uh, can anything good come from Nazareth? And Nazareth, uh, it seems, wasn't a very impressive place. Uh, Maybe it was even a bit of a dump. Uh, It was a little backwater town. It's tempting to uh, name some examples here, but I won't, just to to make sure I don't offend anybody. Uh, But it it wasn't a very exciting place. Uh, And Nathaniel is like, are you having a laugh? The Messiah, the great king and savior, comes from somewhere like Nazareth. Are you skeptical? And many people are today, aren't they? Maybe thinking, can anything good come from an old book like the Bible uh, or from going to church? And maybe that's even you here today. But Philip gives such a helpful response, doesn't he? Uh, Nathaniel is skeptical and full of doubts. But Philip, he doesn't get wound up or try to justify himself. Uh, He just says to Nathaniel, come and see. He takes Nathaniel to Jesus and he invites him to test it for himself. And that's so often the best way to introduce people to Jesus, isn't it? Uh, Come and see, come and get to know him in the Gospels. Sit down and read about him for yourself. We're confident that there are answers to life's biggest questions here. So Nathaniel Nathaniel, uh, agrees to meet Jesus. uh, And what happens? Verse 47, uh, Jesus sees Nathaniel coming and he says, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Uh, Now Jesus can't be saying that Nathaniel is perfect or that he never lies. Uh, What I think Jesus is saying is that Nathaniel is a kind of straight-talking, upfront kind of guy. What you see is what you get. Uh, he was certainly straight-talking with Philip, wasn't he? Uh, and Nathaniel, well, he clearly agrees with Jesus because he replies, how do you know me? He's thinking, uh, this, this is what I'm like. But Jesus goes on to surprise Nathaniel even more. Jesus says, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree... I saw you. Uh, Now, we don't know exactly what Jesus was referring to there, uh, but maybe it was something that Nathaniel had only shared with God. Uh, Maybe when he'd been under the fig tree, he had prayed something that was on his heart, uh, or maybe he'd even been thinking about the Messiah. Whatever it was, Nathaniel realized that Jesus knowing about it was incredible supernatural knowledge. And he replies to Jesus, Rabbi, You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Nathaniel recognizes Jesus' greatness. He sees that Philip was right. Jesus is the Messiah. But maybe Philip sees something else that is incredible about this Messiah. He sees that Jesus is the Messiah, but he also sees that he's the Messiah who has come near to us. Uh, He's greatness, he's God, he's the one who had a book written about him before he was even born. And yet he chooses to live in a humble, everyday place like Nazareth, uh, and he talks to an everyday person like Nathaniel. Uh, He knows everything about Nathaniel. Uh, And even though Nathaniel is skeptical, uh, he gently 
engages with him and chats to him. Whilst I was on sabbatical last year, I visited um, a church in London uh, with a fairly well-known minister who's written uh, lots of books and speaks at big conferences and things. Uh, but for various reasons, the church were having to meet in a school hall. Uh, it wasn't a very big service. Uh, it definitely wasn't glamorous. Uh, but I was warmly welcomed as a newcomer uh, by this minister. I saw him caring for the elderly who were there and putting the chairs away at the end of the service. Uh, and you would have had no idea uh, that he headed up a, a network of churches right across London. Uh, and there's something really attractive about that, isn't there? Uh, because, uh, or maybe it's because uh, so-called greatness so often stays at a distance, doesn't it? Uh, maybe on a balcony or on a stage uh, or on Instagram, wherever it is, behind a posh-gated driveway. Now, uh, the rich and the famous are so often at a distance, aren't they? But in Jesus, we see true greatness, uh, and it comes near to us. Uh, He's the greatest of all, and yet he knows us intimately. Uh, He knows everything about us, and he loves us. And that's why he came, so that we can know God. Uh, That's what we see next in what Jesus says to Nathaniel. Have a look at verse 50. Nathaniel says to Jesus, you are the Messiah. And Jesus replies, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is basically saying, you think that's special? You haven't seen anything yet. Nathaniel has come to Jesus not really expecting much, just some bloke from little old old Nazareth. Uh, But Jesus says, even though you know I'm the Messiah now, even then, I'll do far greater things than you can imagine. When Jesus talks about these angels uh, ascending and descending, uh, it might seem a bit cryptic, uh, but he's he's just referring back to Genesis chapter 28 and that story we heard earlier uh, of Abraham, uh, Jacob, sorry, falling asleep uh, and seeing a ladder between heaven and earth uh, with angels going up and down it, signifying God's presence. Uh, and the Bible tells us that there's, there's a great gulf uh, between heaven and earth. Uh, there's a divide. Uh, we cannot enter God's presence uh, because we've turned our backs on him. But Jacob has this great dream way before Jesus uh, that one day there will be a connection between heaven and earth. There'll be a ladder uh, so that we can come into the very presence of God. Uh, and Jesus makes this incredible claim to Nathaniel. Uh, He says, I am that ladder. I'm the connection between heaven and earth. When Nathaniel thought of the Messiah, uh, the king of Israel, he maybe thought Jesus would grab a horse and and lead them into battle with the Romans and overthrow the occupying force. Uh, But Jesus says, no, I'm I'm far more than that. Uh, Jesus is a king and he will win a victory But his victory isn't over the Romans. Uh, No, he came to lead the fight against sin and the devil. Uh, And he won that fight, uh, not with an army, uh, but he won that fight at the cross. So that for those uh, trusting him, uh, we can come near to God's greatness. Uh, We can know God and be known by him. Uh, Jesus is that amazing connection between heaven and earth. 
Jesus also says to Nathaniel that he's the son of man. Uh, it's a term which refers back to Daniel chapter 7 in the Old Testament, uh, where we're told that people of all nations and every language will worship the Son of Man, and he will have an everlasting kingdom. And, and, and so as we look at those passages, uh, do you see the, the greatness of the person who is standing before Nathaniel? Uh, he looks like an ordinary bloke from Nazareth. Uh, but John, writing his gospel, says, look at his greatness. Uh, don't make Jesus small. Don't minimize him. This is the one. Uh, and yet he, he's the one, and yet he meets everyday people. Uh, he cares for Nathaniel, uh, and he cares for us too. He knows each one of us by name. He knows everything about us. Uh, and he says to, uh, as he says to Philip, he also says to us, uh, he says, follow me. He says, I'm the one who has the key to life. I'm the one who has the answer to all your questions. Uh, I know what's best for you. Uh, I'm the water that satisfies. Uh, nothing outshines Jesus. Maybe you're here today uh, and you don't know Jesus. Uh, and maybe like Nathaniel, you need to put aside any preconceived ideas and come and get to know him and read about him in the Gospels. I would love to help you with that. Uh, Jesus wants you to know that he knows you uh, and he offers you far more than you can imagine. Uh, although there'll be many of us uh, here today uh, and we know that Jesus has come near, we know that he came to earth and he died and rose for us uh, and yet maybe we've forgotten his greatness. Uh, and we need to remember that he is the one. Uh, he's the one you can pin all your hopes on. He's the one uh, who we can confidently present to others uh, and say, come and see. Uh, and he's the one who is worth making time for. Uh, will we spend time getting to know him in the scriptures uh, and in prayer? Uh, will we follow, follow him uh, rather than following other things? I love the way that this story of Nathaniel ends. Uh, maybe you know it. Uh, it's not here in this chapter, uh, but he's mentioned one other place uh, in John's Gospel uh, further on in chapter 21. Uh, after Jesus had died on the cross, uh, Nathaniel is out on a boat fishing on a lake with other disciples. Uh, and suddenly, the risen Lord Jesus shouts to them from the shore. Uh, and they realize who it is. That it's the risen Lord Jesus. Uh, and they go ashore and they have breakfast with him by a fire. Uh, how incredible must that have been? Uh, what a special day that must have been. And Nathaniel really did see far greater things, didn't he? Uh, you see, Jesus can be trusted. Uh, he's the one, he's the only one worth following. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're sorry that we so easily make you small. Please forgive us and please open our eyes to your greatness. Thank you that you were there in the beginning and in you is light and life. Thank you that you are the Messiah, that you are the ladder to bring us to God and that you paid the price to do that. Thank you that your kingdom is everlasting and yet we can know you personally and you care for us. Uh, please help us to follow you in every part of life. Amen.